It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. One of those is powered by the On My Feet Network and brought to you by the Up On Game Network. Be sure to download the On My Feet app on all iOS and Android devices and be sure to follow the Up On Game Network on Twitter and Instagram at Up On Game Network. Enjoy the show. Welcome to One of Those, the show that explores the artistic culture. I'm your host, Adam Butler, back with another episode. Thank you so kindly for being here. All right, so I'm going to make this intro quick, not only because I have a dope guest, but also because I'm not in my normal settings, um, doing some stuff to the studio, so I have to record down here today. No worries, though, for all my, that's for my YouTubers, the people that's watching me, you know, you know, I'm not in my normal studio setting. I'm in, I'm in basically the basement recording because we're just doing some work. So we're going to get right into it. Right after I let you guys know about the Up On Game Network. Remember, I always got to let you guys know about the Up On Game Network. Follow us on all social platforms and also subscribe to our YouTube. So much dope stuff, so much dope content. New shows popping up every single day. I can't even keep up anymore, but they're all fire and they're all for you. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, and go ahead and subscribe on all podcasting platforms. Up On Game Network, that's the squad. Now, I told you we had a dope guest this week, and this time, I mean it. Well, I mean it every week. All my guests are dope. But this guy is just following with the trend of dope guests. We've got writer, director, producer, the creator of HBO's hit Entourage, and also the host of the Victory Podcast. My man Doug Ellen is in the building, man. We're going to talk about Entourage. We're going to talk about his career. We talked about Kanye a little bit. And much, much more, man. It's just, dude's just a wealth of knowledge. We talked about some sneakers, obviously, the big sneaker moment on Entourage. If you watch the show, you know it. But really, we just talked, man. This is a really cool guy. Had a great opportunity. It's really a great opportunity to speak with him. Man, without further ado, Doug Ellen's in the building. Doug, what's going on, man? What's happening? Oh, man, it's, 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 it's great to have you on. We were talking off mic. I was telling the people that, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this 
a billion times, but I was a huge fan of the show. I remain a big fan of the show. Uh, my wife and I actually watched the movie about a month ago. So we, I'm a big fan of the show and the pop culture moments that were in the show is one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you amongst other reasons. You're doing cool things now, man. Um, so welcome brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. So that's, that's why we can start at the beginning. How did you even get into filmmaking? I know what one of your first films was. It's actually, yeah. uh, uh, it's a really interesting. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say one of my, one of the films I really enjoy watching because it's just funny. Um, yeah. You'll get into it. But like, how did you get started, bro? Uh, so I went to college in New Orleans. I went to Tulane University mm -hmm. and uh, I was on my way to law school and everything was heading in that direction. And about two weeks before I graduated college, I'm like, I, I can't go to law school. I'm not mm. doing this. And uh, I told my parents I was moving to L.A. to do stand up comedy, which they felt was pretty insane. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know anybody except for my uh, wife to be who I'd met mm. on the phone a, a few weeks earlier. That was the only mm. person in L.A. I knew. Mm. Um, and I got out to L.A. and I. Uh, got some uh, temp jobs and took some night classes at UCLA and um, started doing stand up. And then I wrote a short film and um, I was working at New Line Cinema, which yeah. uh, big, big movie company. I was in the mailroom, but uh, I handed oh. out flyers for people to come see me do stand up and yeah. to raise money for this short film that I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, the VP of New Line came to the show. I don't know why he must have liked me or something, but anyway, he gave me uh, gave me 10 grand to do this short film and uh, I did it. I ended up selling it to Showtime and, mm -hmm. and got myself into the American Film Institute, which is a great film school out there. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's it. And then uh, I did another short film right after film school. And then mm -hmm. the movie you were, you were talking about, a guy saw it and called right, me so up and said, I, I want you to direct this movie, which was, yeah. you know, when you come out of film school, you don't get offers to direct movies, no matter right. what they are. And, but it was like a hundred, actually it wasn't even that. I think it was $50,000 budget. And we did this movie called Fat Beach that uh, is still playing on Showtime 30 years later. So it's pretty crazy. That whole budget was, uh, after everything was finished, was under a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Shout outs to Fat Beach, man. I, and I and I definitely don't say that. Like, I, I, I smile when I think about that movie because it, like it comes on all the time. I remember it. I just didn't know that you had directed Fat Beach. So like when I yeah. when I when I did my was doing my research, I was like, what? Like, it's just yeah. it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that came together for me. Like, oh, is this movie that I've watched a million times? You know, what I mean, yeah. shout out to Coolio, recipes Coolio, you know, and, and yeah. yeah, I didn't know you were involved in that film. And that adds more to me. It makes your story even more interesting, especially when we get to Entourage, right? Which is all about people in Hollywood hustling, trying to get on. You know, obviously the the character Vincent Chase was at this point is a movie star, but it's about you know people trying to make it in this like bizarre world. Yeah. Um, I know that the story is um you know based on on uh, Mark Wahlberg and his Entourage, and I know that, that that you have a lot of influence in the story as well, obviously. But did were, is that why you were attracted to a story like this? Because you, it sounds like to me, you hustled to get where you needed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't attracted to the story at all when mm. uh, when when uh, Mark came to me and said he wanted to do a show about his friends. To me, it sounded horrible. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not an entourage type of guy. I'm not yeah. a person who likes to have somebody else support me or any of that stuff. But what mm. I am, which you know, Fat Beach. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, Brian Hooks, who's who's a buddy of mine and who's hilarious. 
He's yeah. got a line in Fat Beach that I gave to Turtle and Entourage seven, 12 years later, whatever it is. So <laughs> the similarities, and again, uh, you know, yeah. Fat Beach, I, I was 22 years old and I was given yeah. a storyline and a script. So I had to work yeah. with, you know, what I had, but they're very similar things to me in that they're just about friendship. I don't really care about, you know, much else of it, but, you know, what, what, got me to to go okay you know what i i could see my way into doing entourage was i thought about my friendships and my family and mm. that's the stuff that really motivated me not any of the stuff with uh with mark and his crew so right. um you know i really uh i put a lot of that stuff into fat beach as well mm. as into entourage and you know in in fat beach you know my friend scott venner who ended up being like my music supervisor on entourage was just mm -hmm. my my buddy, I put him in the movie and then yeah. you know, 15 years later when I, I didn't even know he really had an interest in music, he all of a sudden started telling me what a great ear he had for music and I started yeah. listening to his his picks. So there's a lot of those elements that mm. even though Fat Beach was this, we shot that movie in six days. I mean, that's like, it's really? so crazy with no money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and we were shut down for a year and had to come back. I mean, there's so much crazy <laughs> shit in that movie. I mean, there's a, there's a black girl who turns white in the middle and then turns black again <laughs> at the end of it, you know, like, wait, yeah. you know, cause I, I had producer like hitting on girls. They'd quit, oh, they'd leave, God. he'd yeah. fire my cinematographer. But anyway, we, we, you know, we got it out there. And I think mm -hmm. the reason, you know, and it's, listen, it's, it's not this great piece of filmmaking and Chris Rock used to make mm -hmm. fun of it in his standup, which <laughs> I thought was a big compliment, but right. you know, at the end of the day, what's what's in fat beach to a certain degree is the dialogue mm -hmm. that i write and the friendships that interest me so even though it was yeah. a silly story there's mm -hmm. a lot of those elements in it as well you know yeah man I, I and and again i didn't know you were directed it prior so when i think about it i can i can see what you're talking about when you think about entourage um in the and i like i said the cultural impact it had did you when you were year one season one of that show especially writing and and, and getting it together did you have any idea that you were working with something that was gold that was that was going to turn into a cultural phenomenon of course not i mean i was hoping to get it picked up but you know i was mm. you know um i was obsessive about words and dialogue and, and those are the things but you have you have no idea whether things are going to take off or not you know i yeah. I, I did a i did a movie after fat beach called kissing a fool that again somebody else's idea but they brought me on which also has similar Similar types of dialogue and, and mm -hmm. you know, that movie got picked up by Universal Studios and they released it like it was a $50 million movie and, yeah. uh, you know, it didn't make money. So, you know, um, you never know what's going to happen. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, even the people, most of the people at HBO didn't really believe in Entourage. So when it came out and all of a sudden it was not only popular, but the critics really liked it. It was pretty surprising. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, again, I was a young person. I mean, you know, I'm, I talk like I'm an old man now, but I was a, a really young guy when, when Entourage was out. And again, as, as someone who is a DC dude, an East Coast dude who had no idea what Hollywood was like at all, and still really don't, to be honest with you, uh, you know, this idea of these guys out here who were East Coast guys trying to fit in into this really yeah. wacky place, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, you know, that that's something for me that just was... I don't know. It just, it just, it really just expressed like you know, a culture of was, people that really wanted to make it go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it, it was about, you know, I mean, the, the way I grew up, mm -hmm. um, which East coast and, you know, working class neighborhood, yeah. um, it was about those friendships more than Hollywood to me. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, I've always said this, you could have put them 
could have put those four guys in, in any setting and you yeah. would have hopefully enjoyed hanging out with them. Then the Hollywood yeah. obviously was so gave them that fish out of water element. But yeah. what really concerned me was the, the group dynamics and the friendships, which, you know, I think um, most, most people, especially East coast people can really mm-hmm. relate to that, you know, and, yeah. and that's how I grew up. And, and that's how a lot of the, the people that I know like the show did. So this show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game Presents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. So, you know, the show obviously turned into a success. At what point were you all like able to get all of the cameos that you had? I mean, Tom Brady, LeBron James, you know, uh, Kanye, you know, whatever. People like that. A lot of <laughs> I, I want to ask you about the Kanye episode. We don't need to go there. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of fucking uh, Kanye. <laughs> listen, let me we tell can, you. I, we can I, go anywhere, you know. It's it's I, um it's just it's sad. It, you know what? There's yeah. nothing sadder to me. And um, you know, um Jews and African Americans or Jews and blacks, whatever you want to mm-hmm. say, are supposed to stick to fucking together. We've mm-hmm. been through a lot of the same shit. Yeah. And unfortunately, when assholes like Kanye spread bullshit like this, yeah. younger, younger black people who may not know that history from the civil right. rights or what Jews have gone through before that, they, they look at it as as, oh, 
this guy's given me wisdom and truth, yeah. but you know, um, and, and whatever it's worth, I mean, you know, you, you get in trouble with saying anything, but you know, Fat Beach, which it seems like an unlikely movie for me to obviously direct. And, you know, and I got a meeting, I met with Ice Cube on Friday after that, before he knew who I was and he yeah. expected when I walked in, I was going to be black, you know, he, he really <laughs> did. And, you know, and I never want to ever speak because you get in trouble nowadays that about black culture, but I grew up, I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. I wanted mm -hmm. to be Bernard King on the New York Knicks. I wanted to be BB King. I mean, those were the people that I, that I idolized and um, there's nothing sadder to me. I mean, all hatred is just is garbage and lumping Absolutely. in any groups. Because as anyone who's smart knows, like, because Kanye's a fucking moron, I don't think you're a moron because you're black. I don't associate you at all unless <laughs> you decide to, to say, oh, you believe everything Kanye says. But, you know, when people lump people into groups, it's obviously, it's always, it's not only just stupid, but it's dangerous because yeah. the, the, the fringe elements and the lunatics, they take that stuff and they run with it. So it, it, it's a shame because I was a big fan of Kanye, obviously yeah. had him on the show. And, um, you know, what was great about Entourage also is, it, you know, it, it was very uh, popular in, you know, the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason for that is like Jews were maybe, 50 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. we, we had a lot of groups against us. And, and the yeah. key to it was to stick it together. And when you see someone like LeBron James, who when LeBron came on Entourage, he, he said to me, this is my E, this is my drama, mm -hmm. and this is my turtle. And, and yeah. that's the stuff, you know, that makes me feel good because, I mean, I really did believe, and I don't want to get too fucking no, corny and political. I, <laughs> I swear to God, when my kids were born, I have a 21-year-old and an 18-year-old. I thought the world was really changing. I, I really believed 20 years later, we would not be saying my black friend, my Asian mm. friend, my Jewish friend. I just said, you know, that's my boy. Like, that's mm -hmm. my friend, you know? And it uh, seems like, to me, we've taken some steps backwards, but. No, it does. It does feel that way. And it does, you know, it's, it's ironic that he, you know, when you look back at Kanye, then it was like, you know, it was, it was a completely different person. And, you know, and the funny thing is, he didn't just talk about, Jewish people. He talked about black people, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the slavery is a choice thing, the the white lives <laughs> matter thing, all of that stuff, you know, yeah. the George Floyd thing, you know, again, and this isn't to get super political, it's just that these things when you when you when you spew out this stuff, you're you know, when you when you when you use the machine gun of of hate hated, you know, rhetoric, right? Hatred and rhetoric, yeah. you know, you're gonna you're gonna hit somebody and people are gonna stop believing in you. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you're right. Like and I wish and I wish they really hang on to that because everybody was like, oh, why didn't why don't they hang on to the other stupid things he said? Like yeah. slavery is a choice. Yeah. Which, you know, I always try to tell people, you know, you can everybody can act like a tough guy until they're mm -hmm. in the situation. And mm -hmm. from slavery from slavery to the Holocaust, whatever you want to say, we all like to believe you know, I would I would love to believe I'd be Jamie Foxx during slavery and Django. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Yeah. The truth is nobody knows how you'll react in yeah. a situation like that. And instead yeah. of just being empathetic to yeah. what people, including his ancestors, went through, he says something. I mean, that should have been the thing that people went nuts about, you know, like that. Um, think about how stupid of a comment that is, but yeah, yeah, yeah man, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but just to the to the to the cameos, lots of cool cameos on the show. Yeah, you know, how did you like? What was? Did it just get to the point where the show was so popular, people were just asking to come on, or were you? Did you, you know, all have so, to like really work for that? 
So season one, it was impossible to get anybody. I didn't even know if Mark was going to show up for his cameo in the first mm. episode. And uh, I was like, yo, are you coming or what? But by, by the middle of season two, we started getting calls, especially from athletes. A lot of people are like, why are there so many athletes on? I love athletes. I love sports. I, I love people who get to the top of whatever field they're doing. And so when I get a call that LeBron James wants to be on the show, I'm putting him on the show. You know, when I hear that Tom Brady likes the show, you know, you're on. So, um, you know, a lot of people are like, there are so many sports people on it. But yeah, you know, like, and I'll always be grateful. Lamar Odom was one of the first cameos we got. And it was not easy to get cameos there because people were like, what is this show? What is it? So, and Lamar, you know, you know, he's, he's obviously had some, some troubles in his life, sadly. Yeah. But what, he was so great to us and so great to show up that early on. And, uh, you know, those are the things you treasure so Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, 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 the athletes stand out to me, you know, obviously like Jamie Lee Singler and people like that, you know, big Sopranos fan that they really stand yeah. out to me, but you know, the athletes really stand out to me. And I think for this audience, that's, that's something that people really, you know, when you really think about this show, it's a cool thing. And then you've seen shows that kind of, you know, that kind of were inspired by entourage, but kind of, you know, it had the same kind of feel, especially about athletes, you know, but, or, or you, or you mean a lesser feel, but yeah. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> Word of, I like you. Uh, um, no, but you know, there, there's, there's, there's. I just think that it was just such a dope thing, man, and and that's why I say it impacts culture. But I got to talk about the character Turtle, okay? Yeah, the character Turtle is one that you know for me, I re I related to, to Turtle not so much because of how he you know his stature in life or anything like that, but just he was a cool dude. On the show, he was a sneakerhead. He was an athlete guy. Yeah. He was, you know, he's a New York guy. I don't like his football team, okay, <laughs> but I like him. Um, what was the inspiration for Turtle? So when we try to put this group together, it was, you know, while Mark had this crew, it really wasn't that. It was finding, you know, what, you, what any successful TV show does is what are the family dynamics then, you know, and, and, you know, drama, you know, is the nagging mom, you know, <laughs> like he is the responsible dad, Yeah. you know, Vince is the fucking chosen child who just yeah. has everything. And Turtle's the spoiled teen yeah. who really just, you know, I mean, a lot of people love Turtle for a couple of reasons. One, Jerry is just great. And he's mm -hmm. just got a likability that just, you know, you, you can't, necessarily write that but also he was a supporter mm -hmm. and everybody we all want positivity around us we don't yeah. want haters and turtle was always the guy that wasn't just a yes man but he was the guy that like I, I'm, we're gonna make this happen it's all gonna be good and uh you yeah. know so i think i think that's why people related to him and you know obviously him smoking a lot of weed and wearing yes you know, sweats and sneakers <laughs> but uh yeah but, but but jerry had a lot to do with bringing that character to life so he was definitely the more uh, East Coast of, well, I guess drama too. You know, all of them actually, E as well. But Listen, you know, they are all, I, they are yeah. all New Yorkers. And yeah. I, 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 it was important to me to cast New Yorkers, but Jerry, mm -hmm. and I, I talked to Jerry on, on our podcast all the mm -hmm. time, but Jerry, Jerry, you know, he was so raw and mm -hmm. so Brooklyn. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you watch Jerry Ferrara now on mm -hmm. Power or anything else, and it's not mm -hmm. that, like, he worked on accents. He's just mm. evolved living in LA for 20 years from yeah. this real authentic kid from Brooklyn. And uh, yeah. that's what attracted to me. He was, you know, Jerry was like 23 when we started and he was just, mm. he's just, they all are though. All four of them are just very authentic. But Jerry was so young and yeah. so New York while the rest of them had 
had been in LA for a while, you know? So, you know, we were talking about turtle. There's a storyline and this is for, this is a sneaker thing now. Now we get into the sneakers. Okay. And I know you told me off mic, you had 400 at one point, which I think is incredible, but that's the, three now. Uh, <laughs> I think it goes yeah, like sorry. that for a lot of people though. Honestly, I think that, I think that's like the natural progression. I have, you much know less what? Than I, I used to. I'm just not cool enough to fucking rock Jay-Z's look anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe, I don't believe it. I don't believe that. But, <laughs> but on the show, I think you have one of the more famous sneaker sneakerhead storylines. People still write stories about the, 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 the Fukushima air force one, those things sold for like, I think like, $88,000 recently is yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. Just walk me through that, man. Was it because you were a sneakerhead at the time? Were you aware of people, you know, hunting sneakers and and, and trying to get customs and stuff like that at the, at the time? Yeah. So it was really starting to blossom then and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, undefeated. And, you know, you'd see these lines up at stores for shoes. Yeah. And then I, you know, my my younger friends were telling me about people trading sneakers and, mm -hmm. and standing out in line. So, we just started discussing. I'm like, all right, we have to do something with this. That's definitely, yeah. you know, that's definitely um, um, something very relevant. I can't stop the messages from coming in on my phone. It's really annoying. But um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we figured these are really relevant times. And exactly yeah. what I said earlier um, is the exact dynamics of that situation, you know, yeah. where, where Vince is, you know, going to spoil the kid and Nellis is going to kind of make fun of this this teenager who's got these wants of this crazy stuff but um you know it's wish fulfillment and yeah. very real for a lot of people and yeah. um you know we wanted it we wanted to try to do it real and we were lucky enough to get nike to come join us and, mm -hmm. and make the shoe which was just it was it was all very surreal and very cool attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season this is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's a beautiful sneaker. I remember at the time thinking, like, I want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and at that time, I was, you know, I probably didn't realize what I would have to go through to even think about getting that sneaker. I, clearly, I don't have it now, but it's just, it's a, yeah. it's a really dope. Uh, and that's what I say, man. I and you know, we we can we can talk about entourage all day, but that's that's what I think that show represented is cultural moments. And, I, and when I say mm-hmm. culture, I'm talking about like American pop culture, especially you know, for you it may have been L.A. culture with New Yorkers inside of it, but I think it really impacted people within my generation to really say like, yo, not only was it just cool to watch, but I think it motivated people. I think it, I think it, you know, I think it kind of started this boom of creatives. I'm not, I'm not trying to just say that cause you're here, bro. Like I really think that, I think <laughs> that people watching entourage and saying like, wow, you know, here's these, this, this group of guys that really, you know, like sex in the city had an impact, right? Sex in the city had an impact on, on like, on like women and people that enjoyed that show. Right. It really showed women in New York doing that thing. I think it was the same sort of impact for entourage mm-hmm. seeing young guys in LA being authentic, being real, living their yeah. lives, having all sorts of issues, even though they, you know, they had access to money and things that I didn't yeah. still, you can relate to that person so you know i want to give you your flowers while you're here man because i think it's a, i think it was a really really dope thing and you guys are keeping the legacy going with the podcast yeah we're we're, we're doing some good stuff for victory of the podcast but you know it, it's like i said the show i believe why sex in the city worked and why entourage really worked is because people look at that that group and go oh those are my friends and yeah. you know i wish that I could enjoy success with my friends. And everything that I tried to do on the show was ultra realistic. Probably the least realistic thing is that Six in the City as well, is that men, as they head into their late 30s, stay this close with their boys, because it usually doesn't happen. You know, usually usually family and other things get involved. But those are really, were really based on my friendships from childhood that are still Mm -hmm. my best friends to this day are people I went to kindergarten with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, 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 that was very important. And I think that's what people really hang on to, you know? I want to talk to you about podcasts, but I do have one more question about entourage and I'm sure you've gotten this question a million times. So I'm sorry to your state son. People asked a hundred million times. I really am. But is there a possibility of the show coming back? I know, you know, we, you guys did the movie um, some years ago, but it, was that the bookend? Was that the end of the story or will we see the guys again? You know what? Anything's possible. I just did a show, though, with Kevin Connolly, Kevin Dillon, Carly Sheen, Jamie Lynn Siegler, Emmanuel. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I don't want to miss anybody from Entourage, but a lot of my cast and crew from Entourage, yeah. similar similar vibe in a, yeah. in a different kind of setting. Yeah. So we just we finished that pilot and we're we're hoping to get that out there. Um, awesome. But uh, Entourage, there, there could be a second life. You know, mm-hmm. we've done with the podcast, we've done like live shows around the country and stuff, which yeah. has been wild. We're supposed to go to Australia. Um, so maybe anything's possible, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shoot, man. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to that show. I will tell you that. But let's just talk about podcasting for a second because I think you've really broke ground. I I I I love seeing stuff like that, right? Like I remember the Soprano guys had their podcast going. Obviously, the Victory podcast, yours, right? I think this is really cool for people that are fans of the show. But just talk to me about what you do. You think like in on your show, 
on Entourage, you really kind of like talked about what was very current in Hollywood at the time. Like I was watching an interview with you and you talked about how it was funny, how television, you know, how, how you guys kind of poo-pooed on television at the time, right? And comic book yeah. movies. Now comic book movies are all the rage and television is, you have, you know, multiple Oscar Emmy winners, you know, on television yeah. now, right? But I think that podcasting is, is starting to transition from that thing of like, oh, guy in basement with microphone just talking to a-list celebrity has podcasts now, right? Yeah. Emmy-winning actors and Emmy women, you know, are are having a podcast now. What do you think about the podcast boom? And do you think it's sort of like the future for creatives in Hollywood and across the globe? Yeah, well, I think what the future is is to get rid of all the gatekeepers and, and mm -hmm. everybody can do what they do. And you can, yeah. like you and I, in a million years, wouldn't have had this conversation 15 years ago. And the fact yeah. that you can go do this and reach out to anybody and hopefully get, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I don't get this many messages. I'm not this popular. <laughs> you you are popular. Don't, 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 don't do that. That's, and uh, you have 300 sneakers. <laughs> said, no, they're gone. They're all gone. I sold them to my friend Jordan. But, um, you know, I think that what what's interesting, what I did with this new pilot is we went and made it on our own. And I think mm. that you see that with a lot of comedians. Taylor Swift goes and makes her albums in her house by herself, yeah. you know. And uh, I think that it's, it's a great time for creatives. And as the Internet gets even faster... I think people will be able to release their own stuff, whatever it is. And I think podcast is a great way, you know, for people to get their voice out. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, just like sportscasters, the people who already have a big platform have a big advantage. But you can yeah. see a lot, a lot of people, if they have any, something interesting to say, they can find an audience. And it's very cool. And they can, you know, I don't know that the goal should be to make money but you really mm -hmm. can and doing it from your own home and yeah. and getting a chance to say things that you want to say is a very it's a, it's a cool time yeah and i think the definition of podcast has changed as well you know like people are doing podcasts exclusively on youtube you know what i mean i have an audio component to it you know i saw something on tiktok where a guy was releasing like a soap opera right i you know how it is with tiktok you watch one video all of a sudden yeah. you're getting the rest of them and i realized this dude's doing like a series and then like obviously like two minute clips of like and i found myself getting invested in this dude's like TikTok soap opera, right? So yeah, it's just yeah. so many. But they've done it with shows though too. They do scripted mm -hmm. shows, like old radio shows, which is yeah. cool, you know. And uh, I mean, we we did, uh, you know, we've done animated stuff with mm -hmm. with you know our guys with Kevin Dillon and Kevin Connolly. Um, so there's lots of aspects to it, but I think it's the 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 real great thing is that everybody with a phone can do something creative now and there's really no excuses not to try if that's what you want to do you know yeah and you know it's funny uh my wife asked me i told her hey you know i told you big fans of the show so i said hey guess what i'm you know i'm interviewing the, the, the creative entourage she was like how'd you do that i was like i asked him you know yeah. what i mean and like that's like that gatekeeping i think that gatekeeping piece and again that's what made this show cool because in many ways they the the, the show was about guys having to deal with all of these gatekeepers and still trying yeah. to make it at one point you know, the, the guys had to move back home into mom's house, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like the realism of that. But I like this idea of knocking down gatekeepers. That's why I'm in full support of what you're doing with, with your with your show, with your podcast, because I like to see that. You're not letting the yeah. network or the powers that be dictate what you do and what yeah. the guys do. Again, I, I you know, I, I saw the, the interview with you and Robert Meyer Burnett, big fan of his, and he was talking about how, like you, you mentioned how there's actors and people that you want to work with that I won't say Hollywood is forgotten, but you know, maybe they not, maybe they don't get the opportunities that they, that you feel like they should get. So you are yeah. creating the opportunity for them. Yeah. And honestly that happened on entourage too. I mean, Kevin Dillon, mm -hmm. Jeremy Piven, you know, those were guys were, 
working, working actors, but they mm -hmm. never really got that that solid break to make them out mm -hmm. in front. And as soon as they did, they were both, you know, Jeremy won three Emmys. Kevin was nominated for a couple. And, you know, and you see, wow, holy shit, yeah. these guys are as good as anybody on TV. Why don't they work more? Why don't yeah. they get those opportunities? So, you know, I think the more access, the better, you know? Yeah. So, and, and the more the costs go down to create things, the better, so. Awesome, man. Well, I could talk to you all day. I really appreciate you doing this show, bro. If I have another you opportunity, got it. you would be dope, man. Absolutely, man. Stay in touch. Yes. Be good. All right, be good. Have a all good right, one. Bye. You too. Later. Big shout outs to Doug. Big shouts out to you for always tuning in, man. Again, we're going to get up out of here really quick because, again, I'm not in the studio, so I got to move real fast. All right. But again, shouts out to Doug, man. And go ahead and binge Entourage. Trust me, it's a lot of jewels on this show that still apply to today. It's a great show. And check out the Victory Podcast as well if you're an Entourage fan. All right. Listen, man. Follow me, MSR underscore Adam, MSR underscore Adam. Follow the team, the Up On Game Network, at the Up On Game Network. Follow the squad, at On My Feet Network, at On My Feet Network. I'm taking requests for show topics. I like to hear from you. I like to talk sneakers with you. So holler at me. Why don't you? All right. Remember to mind your mental health. That is vitally important. Mind your mental health, okay? Mind your physical health. Always do that and never, ever forget. And please continue to be great. I'm up out of here. Peace. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.